Well, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here this morning. Uh, it's I think it's pretty cold in most places and colder in the south than it normally or usually is. And uh, so I think we're all, uh, you know, that's probably why the attendance seems to be up today a little bit because everybody is in and not on the roads because it's so cold. Uh, but we're glad you're here. And uh, this morning our devotion is going to be led uh, by Jacob James, so I'll go ahead and turn it over to him. Yeah, good morning. I kind of did what Mark says, man. It's just so awesome that we can come together and just talk, uh, you know, freely uh, about the Lord and, uh, you know, the impact he's had on on all our lives. And we can just say it and say it freely and be so proud of it, too. And so I thank everybody that's here uh, this morning. And I truly believe we've all been led here. And, uh, you know, this morning I wanted to talk about... uh, as fast as I can, in a, in a ten minute period or less, uh, about a book that I just got to read and I've read it several times, and it's the Book of Judges. And uh, I had a conversation a while back with a with a family member um, who is a deacon in this church, and I was just telling him, I said, you know, I've I've finally read the Bible all the way through, and uh, and he said, uh, well, you know, I've I've never read the Old Testament. I I just can't. It's uh, it's just weird. Um, it's, it's people slaughtering animals and walking through the desert, and it's just not relevant to today. It's not relevant to my iPhone. It's not relevant to my trips on my airplane or my technology. And uh, so today, I just want to bring a little bit of relevance to the book of Judges because it has everything to do with today, right now. Before I get started, I just want to pray really quickly. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for this morning, for this opportunity where we can gather together, learn about judges, learn about past mistakes of your people. You didn't put it there to entertain us. You put it there so we can learn. Father, today, teach every person on this call about the book of Judges. God, so that we can be a city on a hill for you, a light in dark places, the way these people are supposed to be. And they failed. God, we don't want to fail that same way. Father, move me out of the way. Say what you want to be said. And these things we pray all morning. So if you're not familiar with the book of Judges, just a real quick backstory. The people, the Israelite people had been captive to the Egyptians for hundreds of years. And finally they cry out to God. They say, God, please help us. And he heard their cry. And so God sent the deliverer and Moses to lead the people out. And after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, after miracle that they saw from God, he led them free from the Egyptians. You read the book of Exodus, and you'll see this. And God says, I'll take you to a land that I promised your forefathers. It'll be a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. And the only thing that I want in return is that I'll be your God, and you'll be my people. You have no other God. And all God wanted was a relationship where his heart would be revealed to the whole world. And that's all I want. And this one verse sums up the entire book of Judges. If we just wanted to start with this one verse, it'll tell you the whole book of Judges. It's Judges 17.6, and it says, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Can you imagine a culture, a time where people did whatever's right in their own eyes? 
And that's exactly what happened in this culture. God put them into the promised land. Miracle after miracle, he was with the people, a pillar of fire by pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. He fed a manna. They were totally devoted to God. They relied on him. He gets them to the promised land. He tells them to get rid of the inhabitants in there because they've already turned from them. And God was bringing judgment on them, and the people turned. And they said, God, we don't care. God said, you're supposed to be a light, a city on a hill for me to represent my heart to the people, and they turned. So instead, the people had an appetite for the culture, and they became self-centered. They became apathetic. I don't care. And they took on syncretism, which is a mixed bag of religion, a mixed bag of religion. We'll take a little bit of what God says, a little bit of the Bible, and maybe I'll mix that with my horoscope. I'll mix that with what Oprah says. I'll mix that with uh, what, what the people on TV are saying, my favorite show, my favorite movie. I'll mix it with, with what my Uncle Joe in Oklahoma says, and I'll come up with whatever my appetite wants to suit me because it's all about me. Now, can you imagine people like that? I mean, the Old Testament has nothing to do with today. It's weird. It's irrelevant. But it has everything to do with today. I mean, if you just look at the news today, go sit and look at the news today, and you'll see this in our political climate. Nobody has compassion. Nobody has forgiveness. Nobody has mercy. Nobody's saying, I care about you. Nobody wants unity. Instead, it's me, 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 me. Power, status, pride, anger, hate, it's on full display. If you want to see it, you can watch it today on full display for the world. So Christian people acting just like non-Christian people, nobody can tell the difference. You cannot tell the difference, and that's how the people and judges were. Nobody cares what God says, and here's what God says. If, in, if there was anybody that cared, this is what they would hear. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. With good. So back to the story of Judges. Over and over and over, the people did evil in the eyes of God, and they would cry out to him, Oh God, please send us a judge. Please send us a rescuer. They're captive to their sin, slaves to their sin, slaves to the people. Can I tell you that sin spread, and it spread through that entire culture of the Israelites. And sin can spread through a family, it can destroy a family, spread through a workplace, spread through a government, spread through an entire country. And yet we look at sin like a parking ticket, and God looks at sin like a cancer. So finally, the people would, 40 years they'd been in total captivity to their sin. They'd come so far from God. This is a sad part. They'd come so far from God, they weren't even crying out anymore for a judge. God had sent judge after judge after judge who would rescue them, who would get them back on track, who would focus them back towards him. 
And then there came a point where they come so far from him, they didn't even know to cry out to him. Didn't even know. And God had to look for one faithful person. He could not even find one faithful person. So God created a person. He said, I will send you Samson. And so Samson was born, and Samson was to be dedicated to God, a Nazarite, set apart for him, never to drink alcohol, never to drink wine, never to touch a dead body, never to cut his hair, totally devoted to God in his life. And I can totally relate to Samson as a person, one of the people I relate to more than anybody in the Bible, because Samson was self-centered and apathetic, just like the people of the, in that book of Judges just like this, or like people, that he was supposed to leave. Instead, Samson didn't care. He wanted whatever he wanted. And this is today. This is Christians that are acting the same as non-Christians. When we're supposed to be a city on a hill, a light in dark places. And God has strategically put you and me right where we are so we can influence the person next to us by caring for them. Instead, Samson, who was supposed to deliver the people, was out doing his own thing. And there was consequences to Samson's sin. And one of Samson's greatest sin, the Philistine people knew it, was his lust for sexual immorality, his lust for women. And let me tell you, Samson was a powerful man, and this sin brought him down. Solomon the wisest man, this sin brought him down. David, a man after God's own heart, this sin brought him down. So Samson was fooled by a lady named Delilah, a woman of the night is what her name means. And she tricked him into telling what his strength was. And she shaved his hair. And one of the saddest parts of the Bible, after she shaved his hair, Philistines come in to get him, and Samson doesn't even know that God has left him. He didn't even know God in the first place. So when God left him, he had no idea. So he goes after the Philistines who has defeated many, many times before, and he could not defeat them. The Spirit of the Lord did not come upon him like he had always come upon him. And so Samson was taken captive and became a fool, a mockery to the Philistine people. They gouged his eyes out. They had a big, huge party, a festival, to make Samson the laughing stock of the people. And it was finally with a broken spirit, no longer filled with pride, with his eyes gouged out, that Samson finally saw God. He had no eyes. And he finally, at the end of the book of Judges, he cried out to God, in his first prayer, in verse 28 of chapter 16, Samson prayed to the Lord, O oh, sovereign Lord, remember me. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. Finally, we hear a prayer from Samson, and God did strengthen him, and God loved him very much, and God never, ever left Samson. Samson only thought he did, because God was in control the whole time. And Samson tore the pillars down, and he began the revolution to free the people from the Philistines, from their own choices, their own sinful consequences. And so God fulfilled his promise through Samson. But it didn't have to be that way. 
And so, guys, it doesn't have to be like that for us in our communities, in our families, in our workplace. Because God is calling all heroes. He's calling people like you and me. He says, I need you. I need you to be a light in our culture. So we're the people that are supposed to give hope, give hope in our workplace, give hope in our family, show kindness to our friends. So my challenge for you is we become so self-centered, and it's me. I'm telling you, it's me included. If I could only give examples, it would totally make me look bad, because it would. I've got plenty of them. When I'm too distracted about everything else that's going on, I'm too busy to see the people around me that need my help where I can be a light. I can be a city on a hill. My challenge to you guys today is a pep talk. God loves us and God needs us in a dark world. And the only way, the only way that you cannot be a light in darkness is by doing nothing. My challenge is don't do nothing. Father, let us pray. God, I thank you for the book of Judges. And God, it is relevant today because so often, God, we're not thinking about you. We're thinking about ourselves. And Father, today, strengthen us, encourage us, make us bold so we see the people in our family, we care about them. We see the people in our neighborhood and we care about them. And God, that we're a light for you in a dark place. And God, that we won't do nothing, that we'll stand up, that we say no. That's not right. It's not okay to do that. And then we treat people with kindness. We don't take revenge. We show compassion and joy and love the way you want us to share joy, the way you want us to show compassion. Father, just strengthen each person on this call so we can serve you and serve others. Father, I pray these things in your name. Amen.